The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Chapter 7 How I Reached Home. For my own part, I remember nothing of my flight except the tree, except the stress of blundering against the trees and stumbling through the heather. All about me gathered invisible terrors of the Martians. A pitless sword of heat seemed whirring to and fro, flourishing overhead before it descended and smote me, me out of life. I came into the road between the coast roads and the whole shore. I ran along this to the crossroads. At last, I could go no further. I was exhausted with the violence of my emotion and my flight. My eyes staggered and fell by the wayside. That was near the bridge that crosses the canal by the breastworks. I fell and lay still. I must have remained there some time. I sat up strangely perplexed for a moment, perhaps. I could not clearly understand how I came here there. My terror fallen from me like a garment. My hat had gone. My collar had burst away from its fastener. A few minutes before, there had been only three real things before me. The immensity of the night, the space of nature, my own feebleness and anguish, near approach of death. Now it was as if something turned over, a point of view abrupt, uh, turned, altered abruptly. There was no sense all transaction, transaction from one state of mind to the other as immediately the self of every day again. A, dis, a decent, ordinary citizen, a silent common, the impulse of my flight, the startling f- flames were as if they had been in a dream. I asked myself, had the latter things indeed happened? I could not credit it. I rose and walked unsteadily up the steep incline of the bridge. My mind was blank. Wonder. My muscles and nerves seemed drained of their strength. I dare say I staggered drunkenly. Head rose from the arch. The figure of a workman carrying a basket appeared. Beneath him ran a little boy. He passed me, wished me good night. I was minded to speak to him. But it did not. I answered his greeting with meaningless mumble. I went on over the bridge. Over the May Bury arch, a train, a bellowing tumult, a white firelight smoke, a long caterpillar of lighted windows went flying south. Clatter, clatter, clap, rap. It had gone. A group of people talked in the gate of one of the houses in a pretty little row of gables that was called Oriental Terrace. It was all so real and so familiar, and that behind me, it was fan- frantic, fantastic, such things I told myself could not be. Perhaps a man of exceptional, I am a man of exceptional moods. I do not know how far my experience is common. At times I suffer from the strangest sense of detachment from myself, the world about me. I seem to watch it all from the outside, from somewhere inconceivably remote, out of time, out of space, out of the stress and tragedy 
of it all. His feeling was very strong upon me that night. Here was the other side of my dream. The trouble was the blank incongruity of this centenarity. A swift death lying yonder, not two miles away. There was a noise of business for the gasworks. Electric lamps were all light. I stopped a group of people. What's the news of the common? said I. There are two men and women at the gate. Huh? said one of the men, turning. What's the news of the common? I said. Ain't you have just been there? asked the man. Men? People seem, people seem fairly silly, silly about the common," said a woman after over the gate. "What's it all about? Only haven't you heard of the men from Mars?" said I. "Creatures from Mars." "Quite enough," said a woman over the gate. "Thanks." All three of them laughed. I felt foolish and angry. I tried and I found, I could not tell them what I had seen. They laughed again in my, at my broken sentences. You'll hear more yet, I said, and went on to my home. I startled my wife at the doorway, so haggard was I. I went into the dining room, sat down, drank some wine. As, as soon as I could collect myself significantly, I told her the things I had seen. Dinner was a cold one, already been served, and remained and neglected on the table. I told my story. There is one thing, I said, to lie the fears I'd aroused. They were the most sluggish things I ever saw crawl. They must keep the pit and, and kill people who come near them, but they cannot get out of it. But the horror of them. Don't, dear, said my wife, not knitting her brows and putting her hand on mine. Poor Ogilvy, I said, to think he may be lying dead there. Wife at least did not find my experience incredible. When I saw how deadly white her face was, I ceased abruptly. They may come here, she said again and again. I pressed her to take wine and tried to reassure her. They can scarcely move, I said. I began to comfort her and myself by repeating all that Ogilvy had told me of the possibility of the Martians establishing themselves on the earth. Particularly, I laid stress on the gravitational difficulty the surface of the Earth, the forces of gravity, three times not what it is on the surface of Mars. Martian therefore would weigh three times more than on Mars. I bet his muscular strength would be the same. His own body would be a cope of lead to him, therefore. That indeed was the general opinion. Both the Times and Daily Telegraph, for instance, insisted on it. The next morning, both of looked just as I did, two obvious modifying Influences. The atmosphere of the Earth, we know now, contains far more oxygen or less organ, whatever way one looks to put it, than does Mars. The aggravating influence of this excess of oxygen by the Martians indisputably did much to counterbalance the increased weight of their bodies. Second place, we all overlooked the fact that such mechanical intelligence as Martians possess is quite able to disperse. The events of muscular insertion at a pinch. But I did not just consider these things, these points at the time, and so much my reasoning was dead against the chances of invaders. 
with wine and food, the confidence of my own table, the necessary for my wife, I grow by sensible degrees courageous and secure. They have done a, they have done a foolish thing, said I, fingering my wing, wine glass. They are dangerous because no doubt they are mad with terror. Perhaps they expected to find no living things, certainly no intelligent living things. A shell in a pit, said I. If the worst comes to worst, we'll kill them. We'll kill them all. Intense excitement and events had no doubt left my perceptive powers in a state of aphorism. Remember that dinner table, extraordinary vividness. Even now, my dear wife, sweet anxious face peering at me from under the pink lampshade, the white cloth in its silver and glass table furniture. For those, for in those days, even physiological writers had many like, had many like little luxuries. Crimson purple wine in my glass are photographically distinct. At the end of it, I sat tempering nuts with a cigar, regarding Oberly's freshness, denouncing the short-sighted timidity of the Martians. So some respectable dodo in the Mantis might have lauded it in his nest, discussed the arrival of the shipful pitless sailors in want of animal food. We'll peck them to death tomorrow, my dear. I did not know it, but that was a very was the last civilized dinner I was to eat for many strange and terrible days. <laughs>